welcome to this week's edition of the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast. My name is Dave Kern. Derry City have qualified for the 2017 Europa League qualifiers. They confirmed their position in the European competition by defeating Bohemians by two goals they won on Friday night past the Brandywell Stadium. On Friday common, they can cement their third place status with a victory over Sligo Rovers. Building up to that match, we'll be inviting Orla Mullen to join us here on the Supporters Podcast and we'll go round the league as usual and we'll have our match night highlights and we'll be hearing from the manager, Kenny Shields. This and more on the City Toy Day Supporters Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening now? And welcome to the City Toy Day Supporters Podcast. And Andrew, I'm just looking over the desk here and it looks like you're wearing your dancing shoes because we're all doing the European dance now. <laughs> well, see, I can see you doing it and everybody else listening in can't. Try not to do that again, do you? <laughs> 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 no, no, it's great to be in Europe again. Uh, just looking forward. Now, I actually can't wait for the draw <laughs> Europe. Just to see where we're going. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic year next year. Third place in the league to build on as well. I don't know if it was you or it was somebody else that has the password to the Twitter account that sent a tweet to the Europa League. How are you doing? Someone clearly at Clary City is getting very excited just like yourself. It wasn't me this time. Possibly now Conway or someone. It's just it's fantastic to be back in Europe again. Hopefully we get a, a good draw for ourselves and a good run as well. I'm going to ask you a question that I'm going to ask Orla when she arrives as part of the supporters panel. Did you expect us to be in this position at the start of the season? And be honest. No, just like everybody else. Well, I didn't expect us to finish bottom three, as some of the pundits were saying, but I was thinking maybe fifth or sixth place would be a, a, a great season for us. Just, But as the season went on, then you kinda, the expectations creeped up a wee bit. And, you know, we were actually top of the table for a long time there, for, near the start as well. So, it's, it's fantastic. And nobody expected it. We had a couple of questions in the, our Twitter account and it comes off the back of what's been in the press about how the tender process still hasn't gone through yet. Will this now affect us in the early qualifying rounds? If, uh, if there is any more delays, that is. It's hard to know. It's, it's just one of those things that's just, just completely out of our hands. You know, that's like Albert already was saying there in the podcast a few weeks ago. It's just it's, it's frustrating for uh, Derry City as well as the fans because we have no information at all. We've, we've, we've nothing to give the fans. We've nothing... To give ourselves, even it's hard to prepare for a, a season where you don't know where you're going to be. Not not just because of Europe, but even the likes of uh, selling season tickets and all sorts of different factors, selling advertising boards. You, if you don't know where you're going to be in the brandy well or not, you know the sooner it gets wrapped up, the better. And well, ho- hopefully we're going to start next week, but it's not going to. Be, but uh, the sooner the better, and we can move on because they as a club aren't going to progress anymore from third place or, or in Europe if, if we don't even have a a home ground that's that's worth using so and hopefully it gets sorted sooner or later Speaking of the Philip O'Doherty podcast for many a month I never ever expected the Jordan Allen and the Harry Monaghan podcast to be knocked off its pedestal but on Friday night I noticed that we were 17 plays away from it being number one and I put this up on Twitter watched an episode of The Blacklist and by the time I came back it was down to two then I watched another episode and I came back and it was ahead by about 25. I, I can't believe it. There is a new king. Yep. Yeah, the gauntlet's thrown down now. The, uh, the players or anybody else that wants to step up and try to beat Philip O'Doherty now. <laughs> He's the new uh, highest. Hopefully we're going to have another player on uh, before the end of the season anyway. So, uh, or a player or two anyway. So, uh, no, we'll, uh, 
we're going to have to pick up players wisely this time, Dave, and see who can uh, who can top follow with Rory. We were supposed to have one today, and this player gave a far better reason than I've got to get my roots dyed, which we have had in the past. Yeah, that's one not of from the, a player, but from someone else. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's possibly next week. Who knows? Still they come here on the podcast, we're going to be joined by Orla Mullen as part of our supporters podcast. We're going to be talking about the great achievement of making it to the Europa League next season. We're going to talk about what happened at the Bohemians game and look ahead to the fixture against Sligo Rovers. But we're going to try our hardest not to give away too much because we do know that certain Sligo Rovers players and possibly even Dave Robertson have listened to this podcast during the season. Yeah, well, not mentioning any players, but you know, there's... 36-year-olds from Tobacurry that uh, <laughs> listen in and enjoy the show. So if you are listening in, anybody that's 36 from Tobacurry, you're more than welcome. We're going to play the match night highlights from Friday night against Bohemians over at Brandywell Stadium, as provided, as always, by Drive 105's Match Night Live. away and here come Bohemians on the counter-attack Curtis Byrne now one-on-one with Jared Doherty's gotten round Jared Doherty with a shot towards goal but there's a clearance just in front of the goal but it's gone on the back of the net that'll probably go down as an own goal as Curtis Byrne had made the turn he got round the goalkeeper played the shot in towards the goal and it's been touched on by a Derry City player and I think it was Connor McDermott who initially gave that ball away has put it on the back of the net it is now Derry City nil Bohemians 1 Keith Ward will take the resulting goal or corner kick delivers it into the 18-yard box Patters comes across doesn't make a clean contact McEnough with a driving shot oh, oh comes oh. off the bar oh McEnough from all of 30 yards when Josh, Josh Daniels are even very lit Josh Daniels and finds Patterson oh he hits a crossbar Rory Patterson from the age of the 18-yard box at full full tilt there's going to be one minute of additional time inside the Brandywell Rory Patterson nearly found the equaliser there jo- uh, Dean Jarvis has brought the ground back Derek Pender and wants a free kick six penalties taken in all competitions this season Aaron McEnough on the right foot plays it towards goal and it goes into the bottom corner Delaney dived to his left hand side the ball went to the right Aaron McEnough has equalised for Derry City we are now 15 minutes into this fixture as Derry City won Bohemians won chance here now for Derry City it's been flicked on Ken McEnough get the end of the take the shot he goes to ground but the chance is still there as a couple of bars are in the way Jarvis has got the ball on his feet can't get the ball on the left foot they hit the shot it is a beat to hit towards goal it's cleared off the line but sliding there's Rory Patterson who makes it 2-1 to Derry City Rory Patterson has given Derry City the lead and I was saying this to you at half time it's going to be a kiss we're both playing in the box it's going to come off about 15 bodies before Patterson puts it in and guess what I was right when you go out into the second half and you know that you have to score two more than the opponent to win the game if you think deeply about it it's a big ask and uh, I have to say the boys showed great character once we got into the lead then there was a a lull to to finish the game they got apprehensive because I spoke to them pre-game about please let's make sure that we give something to our supporters because the last while we've been drawing at home dominating games and I was praying that we would win the game every which way and we won it not our normal way but uh, when we hit the post in the first half and hit the bar in the first half and kept thinking of the supporters I genuinely did I kept thinking of them they were singing their heart out and getting behind us we wanted to win for the supporters because they've come out expecting something and part of me is saying at last we've got that we won for them in this little period that we haven't won but the other part of me saying the quality wasn't as good as it can be but I don't want to be too critical of the lads Would you be interested in taking part in our supporters panel in our City Till I Die supporters podcast 
Well, if you are interested, we record on Wednesday evenings. And if you are available between the hours of 6.30 and 7.30, we'd like to hear from you. You can show your interest by tweeting us at CTID Podcast, or you can email your interest to us by getting in contact by emailing us at CTIDPodcastDCFC at gmail.com. Leave your details in that email and we'll get straight back to you. That interview was recorded there by Drive 105, donated as always, and the man doing the interview was Johnny Hume, who is going to be more involved with Drive 105 in the weeks and months to come. Join with us now here on the supporters panel. It's Orla Mullins. What's happening now, Orla? And just to kick things off, Derry City, now qualified for Europe, and a lot of people, including myself, wrote us off earlier on the season, never thought we'd be in that position. Do you think we were punching above our weight this season? I suppose we were in a lot of ways, more so because we didn't really know what we were going on do with some of the new sign-ins and putting faith in a lot of the younger boys. We maybe had lower expectations, but they've gone to prove their worth. I think with the talent that we now have, we're not really punching above our weight. I think there's a good balance in the team. As I say, a lot of the younger players have have done really well, but at the same time you can't have a starting 11 made a 19 and 20 year old, so there's been experience on there, Jared Dorley has obviously got into the team of the year and he's in a vital position for us in Nets like, so having players like him and players like Roy Patterson who's been getting the goals for us when we needed them, and then having those younger players too that have brought energy and a bit of fearlessness, you know sometimes boys like that just go in there wanting to show how good they are because their place next week isn't necessarily guaranteed and that has kind of meant that they've played better. So having that balance in the team I think has, has been the biggest factor in us succeeding like we have. And everybody's incredibly happy with how the season has turned out so far. But let's get back to Friday night. It was her first victory in the Brandywell since Longford on July 15th. And Kenny Shields' own admittance, he was happy with the victory but it wasn't how Derry City normally won games, as he put it, or the manner in which we went about it. How did you find the performance yourself? To be honest, I thought Kenny was a wee bit harsh. Um, I wouldn't say that I didn't enjoy the match. Obviously, we didn't get as many goals as we would have wanted, but I think we were dominant in pretty much every area. And when they got their goal, it was against the run of play, and I don't think they really had many chances. I mean, they had a chance at the very end. I think it just wasn't going in the net for us. Jarvis got one that was offside. Aaron had the post for the 50 millionth time this year. Generally, the style of play and the chances were there and it just was the final ball or getting the goal in the end that wasn't working out for us. But it wasn't by any manner or means a match where we had the scrape of victory and I think that it was quite representative of the good football that we've been playing this year. So I wouldn't really agree with, with Kenny that in, in that way, but... I think the three points was what mattered in the end and it was it was great that we were able to get them. I have to say that in my notes that I have written down from Friday night's game, I had mentioned about Bohemians and how they approached the game. That in fact, I said that there was little composure going forward, very little pressure high up as Derry were in possession in their own third and there was just no sense of urgency from them. I didn't expect that from Bohemians at all on Friday night. Kids that they got their goal early and decided that was enough for them and kind of closed up a wee bit maybe, but I was interested to hear... Keith Long's comments after the game that he, he was praising Derry City saying they were a good value for the one to be honest if I, if I was him I would be complaining about referees I think to be honest I think the penalty was a bit, a bit soft you've seen them giving them was the type of thing and I thought there was a foul on the Bulls player for our second goal between the melee I suppose so because of them sitting back we were pushing forward a lot more which made us look a lot more dominant and you know we could have gotten another few goals there at least the start of the game I thought was incredibly flat in terms of atmosphere, in terms of the tempo of the game. And out of nowhere, Bohemians got their goal. 
Curtis Byrne, of course, went in the attack after a mistake made by Conor McDermott, rounded the goalkeeper, and Conor McDermott, I think we credit it as the OG. I don't know if it's actually going to go down that way. Conor's response after was unbelievable because I've seen players in the past that have made similar mistakes and the head's gone down, they've got frustrated, but he was a driving force throughout the game, I thought. I think he's been fantastic this year, one of the best players, and I think one thing to point out about that is that players might make a mistake in the game and they can't recover within the 90 minutes, but they might be better in the next game, but he's able to put it out of his mind straight away. I mean, it's the same as the game against Dundalk a couple of months ago where he had a bit of a hard time against Daryl Horgan, but in the game, cup games and stuff, he was able to deal with them really, really well, I thought, so every player has to put their hands up and say that they've made mistakes, but he's able to bounce back from it straight away, like in a couple of minutes, not even having to, you know, take a week to think about it, he's just straight into it again, and that was important for us against Bowes because we needed him to push the team forward from the back, and in the end up it worked out for us because we were able to get the one. He is young, but he has all the experience, he's, he's played about three quarters of a season now in the Premier Division, he's played under 21 international football, you know, he's about to play in Europe next season, it's, to be honest, I'm sure Kenny Shields is probably secretly glad that, uh, Ryan McBride and Aaron Barry are out because Femmeland and Conor McDermott are right back. It's going to be a tough con- contest next season, hopefully. I, I say hopefully because I, I can see an English call coming on for him some- sooner or later. Uh, might be a-, a season too early for him just yet, but I can see him uh, going for big money. It's James McLean sort of money, you know. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a massive, massive future ahead of him. He's, he's a great lad as well. He works hard and he's a great future in the game, hopefully, for uh, for Derry City for more few seasons. Rory Patterson on the score sheet again. And there's talk in the press this week that Kenny Shields is now going to step up the contract negotiations with our centre forward. How have you felt he's performed this season? The most important thing about Rory this season is that he's gotten the goals when we really needed them. And the last couple of weeks have proven that. The the game we bows, he got the second goal that we needed to get the one. The game against Longford, he got the goal that we needed to get the one. I think that's where his experience comes in, that he is able to, to pick those chances uh, at the vital time for the team where maybe the younger boys might not have that composure. I mean, Roy, I would think that by his own admittance, has missed some chances as well this season that he maybe would like to put away, but... He's got the goals when we needed them, and I think that he's showing why he's important in that position, and I can see why Kenny would want to keep him on board for next year as well. With Derry City finishing hopefully third in the table as well, again, I don't think anybody's seen Rory finishing near the top of the top scorers list. I mean, two goals off the top now, and he could well finish top if he gets his chances. The great guy to have about, kind of changed his temperament on the pitch at the start of the season, but strange now he's kind of going back on the old Rory Patterson kind of role, but he's still getting the goals. So everybody was saying he needs to change his temperament. No, this is before he played his first match this season. So I don't think it matters. It's it's, it's strange as well. Well, It's not strange at all. It's great, I suppose, to be looking back at uh, photos throughout the season while I was doing the programme this week. Uh, I was looking at Rory Patterson's celebrations and he's smiling and he's hugging everybody in each one of them. Previous years he's been here before. He didn't really celebrate. He kind of just got the goal and took a ball back to the centre circle and that was it. People had said whenever we started doing this podcast that he would never last 90 minutes in a game. He was too overweight. But you'd argued a few times now, he's done bleed tests, he's come third. And the fact that he's been able to play over 90 minutes, and every game, I think most games he has played, has been 90 minutes too. It, it's good testament to his fitness and how things have changed for him. 
It is, yeah. I mean, I think everybody believed he was in holidays in Australia for a year. He, he wasn't. He's, he was actually playing a good standard of football out there and training every day. And that's more or less what he was doing here. So they write him off just because of his age. It's a bit crazy when you, you look at players of a similar age around the leagues, even in England as well. There's players older than that and playing 90 minutes. And the be top, well, one of the top scorers in the, in the league coming in this season is, uh, is no mean feat. And he's, he's managed that. Before we go on to talk about Sligar Rovers this coming Friday, I want to talk about the contributions of Keith Ward, who got a rare start. I thought Keith was quite dangerous in set-piece situations, and even in the middle of the park at times, he played some fantastic balls. I, I think he did really well. I mean, it's not easy for him. I'm sure that he wanted to get a few more starts this year, but the midfield in particular has just been so overpacked with talent for us, and it's difficult for him to get in, but... I thought he took his chance well. I mean, even in that midfield, there was a lot of players that were playing a similar style to him. So he did well, kind of sitting back a wee bit more and doing the creative play kind of in the same way that Arne does, more so than what Josh was doing on the wings and things like that. So he did well, both in attack and I thought defensively too. He was very good, which is vital, especially because those were just basically playing on the break. From that point of view, I think that he gave a good performance and maybe Kenny will have him in mind for the next two games as well. Wardy was one of the last guys in and he was signed on a kind of a we need one more midfielder type of basis but I think he's really proven his worth and he's, he's had a fantastic uh, few games when he has got his chance. Outside of the other awful pitch as well, all the guys love him, he's fantastic crack uh, if you've ever interviewed him or met him he's, he's hilarious crack he's great with the kids he's great with the strangely a lot of the foreign guys as well that I've interviewed if, uh, when I asked them who's who's the, the most fun and who's the most welcome and it's always Keith Ward uh, and he, he always gets a mention too and who's the most skillful so he, between him and Josh I'm going to have to do some sort of video someday so he can get the two of them playing off against each other Almost the Sligo Rovers coming this Friday night Sligo still trying to achieve fifth place and are in a good position but have St Patrick's Athletic just behind them after that positive result on Tuesday We've seen the best and the worst of Sligo Rovers and Brandywell this season. In the League Cup, they showed up and they were absolutely horrific. I think even Dave Robertson in his uh, assessment would probably say the exact same thing. And then came up in the league and just a completely different attitude. The, the, the approach even was so much better. Are you expecting a difficult task now on Friday night to get past them? They secured the third place. It's like you say, they're just Jekyll and Hyde this year. And I mean, that game against Dundalk a couple of weeks ago, they've shown that they can beat any team in the league. They've beaten us already, but they've been horrendous against us as well. So it depends how motivated they are now. They could be coming up thinking we want to finish on a high and, and get ourselves as high up the table as possible. So I think that we definitely have the capabilities of beating them. Um, the only thing that I'd be worried about is that we've got Europe now and we're five points ahead. So maybe you might think, oh, draw do or attacking wise, we definitely have enough to beat them. Uh, it's just about getting the goals and you don't really know what, what's going to show up but even if they do come up with their best team, if we show up with our best team as well I think on the balance we could still get the one from them. It's been a learning curve just well for the manager and the players, I think they came over from England and they started bringing players from England over. Strangely look at the rest of the squad too, there's not that many names you would recognise as Sligo Rovers players, for, like for example so apart from Raf Kataro, Gavin Pearce and them type of guys, a lot of changes in the Sligo Rovers team and I think it took them a while to jail but halfway through the season once they got there they started hitting the ground and they were hitting the ground wrong I'll 
give you a stat on that. Their first eight League of Ireland games, they went without a one. And since that, they've only lost five. And as you've picked up already, Orla, that Dundalk game just shows of how dangerous they can actually be. They've had quite a few standouts. They've had Raf Grataro, who seems to have been reborn during the season. Salier, who was one of those players that they've drafted in. Campion, who is the French player who came in uh, during the close season. They've also have Roberts and Martin. And not to mention as well, uh, Daniel Cairns, who we missed out on uh, during the, the close season. They are a team that's in the risk for fifth position, but considering how this league season has gone, do you think they are the fifth best team in the league? I think there's a lot of teams that are quite balanced in the middle of the table, and it could just come down to these last couple of games. The teams are very different. Some teams are quite defensive. Other teams, like Saigo, have a very good attack. So it's difficult to choose, really. I mean, like that Bose team, you can see them getting ones on counters and just getting ones based on being better defensively than they are attacking-wise. And they're on the mix too. Like, so I think that people like to see attacking football. And on that basis, that I would like to see Sligo do well, not on Friday night, but based on how they bounce back from a bad start that they maybe do deserve, they, they finish higher up. They're going through a transition year also. And if I was to say that they've underperformed this year, do you think that would be a harsh assessment? I'm not sure, to be honest, because, I mean, Dundalk and Cork have done what everyone expected them to do. We've surprised people, Shamrock Rovers maybe, have surprised people a bit with their performances. But then Sligo were coming right up behind that. So if you were to say that they've underperformed, it would be at the expense of of ourselves, probably, saying that they, they should be in our position. So I think we've just managed to do better than them for whatever reason. Maybe it's the younger players or the experience, whatever it may be, but I wouldn't say they've underperformed. I think that ourselves and Shamrock Rovers have just done that wee bit better with our resources, um, but they, they certainly haven't made a mockery of themselves by any manner or means, and um, I think that they could be happy like if they managed to get fifth place. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, a bit of a transition season, as you say, but a lot of the guys that they brought in were on loan, so it's it's going to be a different season next year. It's going to be interesting to see who they can sign. I'm sure a lot of the League of Ireland players will be interested and go back that maybe weren't too sure at the start of this year. So it's, it's going to be a big year for them next year. I think they can improve on, on fifth place. I don't think it's flattering to them. To be honest, it's more of a case the likes of Bows and some Pats and stuff haven't really stepped up to the mark that they were set to at the start of the year. So Sligo have kind of not so much crept them, but they've just been steady and they've got to where they are on merit and I think they'll be a team to watch next year as well if they can get their personnel right over the close season I need you to confirm something for me because I still haven't got the email from the FAI we were told after the Longford game that there was going to be four suspensions for this game are we going to be missing Jared Doherty and Venmon? Uh, to be honest I haven't uh, seen an email myself but I have heard just from, from chatting a few of the background staff that uh, the four guys you mentioned, Jared, uh, and I think Harry Monaghan's one of them. I don't know who the fourth player is. Harry Monaghan, it might be, is it Dean Jarvis? No, I'm not sure. I can't remember myself, but uh, somebody was telling me before the game last week. So, um, no, I, I believe that to be true. But uh, to be honest, I haven't seen the suspensions list. Uh, I don't even know if it's out yet. So. I can't really confirm that. We have two games coming up. Do you think for Kenny Shields, they assess who should come back next season and who definitely is in the team for going into the panel next year? Do you think he should try and bring in a few more players just to try them out and give them one last chance to perform and prove their case? 
what I would say is that there's a lot of players there that can still get the one in these last two games, so it's not as if you're throwing away the chance of three points. Um, I thought that that was sort of the case against Bowes, maybe with a couple of players that were coming. I was a wee bit surprised when I seen the team sheet, but they all done well. So from that point of view, I think it's a good opportunity for him to get a look at some players that that haven't got as much time as they would have wanted. And as I say, I still think that those players with their talent are capable of getting three points and obviously that's going to be at the forefront of Kenny's mind regardless of giving people chances he's going to want to get the one so I'd say he could definitely give people a chance even players um, like Roy Holden who I thought was fantastic when he came on against Bowes I would like to see him get a, a couple more minutes like I'm sure he'll be here next year anyway but players like that it's good to give them an opportunity in these last two games and he has shown that he's got a lot of talent and that he could contribute to a good performance on Friday as well. So I can't see there being a few changes, but um, I don't think that'll be to the detriment of our overall performance. To wrap things up, this question goes out to both of you. Will we wrap up third place on Friday night? I think we will because I think over the course of the season when there has been a motivating factor there, for example, against Bowes, securing Europe. The team have really performed. They haven't shied away from it. And I would imagine that Kenny's going to be pushing the idea of third place. And I think he's fascinated by the fact that at the start of the season, everybody in the national media and maybe local media as well wrote the team off. So I think that he is very determined to get third place. And I'm sure that he'll be enforcing that with the players. Yeah, I would agree. It's not going to be an exhibition match by any means. It's, it's still all they play for as far as the players and the management are concerned. Fans will be right up for it too, just to uh, get around the season off so we can go and celebrate properly. Hopefully, we can get it wrapped up in good fashion anyway, get a good 2 0 1 or whatever. So, I think when the team sheets come out on Friday, the first thing I'll be looking at is the bench just to see if Gareth McGunn's made it. I, just, I don't think he'll be back next year, obviously, nothing confirmed, but I just have a feeling he won't be back. And it'll be fantastic to see him put on for the last 10 minutes in the Brandywell and the Derry City shirt again. Well, thanks very much, Horda, for calling down, and also thanks very much for your contributions throughout the season. Not only coming down for the panels, but part of the the ladies' team as well. But which never turned out as a great season for no, you. Didn't. <laughs> well, thanks very much, and enjoy the game on Friday night. Thanks to the support of our donor Richard McKinney, you can listen to past episodes of the City Till I Die Supporters Podcast for free, including our City Till I Die Supporters Podcast zero zero two, a podcast in which we pay tribute to the late Mark Farn. He was a consummate professional. He constantly wanted to improve. He was so humble. He didn't want praise. He didn't want to be constantly in the spotlight and he had every reason to be. We were just chatting. He was telling me that he was looking to get back into coaching kids in Donegal and he was looking forward to that and he was looking to get back into the game. And Fantastic to see him looking so well. And it's sad news then that went downhill from there. The episode Dundalk Postmortem, in which Andre and I analysed the defeat to Dundalk. On the pitch, it just seemed that Derry City never got started, and off the pitch, it seemed like was watching a snooker match. Then when the second goal went on, obviously it didn't help. When you see people leaving at half time and stuff, you know what sort of game it's it's been so far. And our supporters Q and A with Aaron McInniff and Nathan Boyle. But Andrew, remind us what that was called. Peter Pe- Peter Pepper. Don't want to just read this? Out? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Can you just say it first before wow. we say it? It says Peter Pepper picked a pickled pepper. Peter Pepper picked a pickled pepper. God knows why. People Peter Pepper picked a pickled pepper. That'll do. That's close enough. That's what it was. Access our library on soundcloud.com by searching for CTAD Supporters Podcast DC or on iTunes by searching hashtag CTAD Supporters Podcast. 
Yeah, we're in the league this week. We'll start off with the PFAI. They've brought out their shortlist for the Player of the Year. Nominees are Greg Bolger, uh, Sean McGuire from Cork, Daryl Horgan and Stephen O'Donnell from Dundalk. Can't see past Daryl Horgan for that one, to be quite honest. I think Sean McGuire's been nominated for Young Player of the Year as well, which I'm sure he'll won. That's been Daryl Horgan's year. Fair assessment of the season as a whole, do you think? Yeah, obviously you, you could be a fan of other clubs and argue that... X, Y, and Z should be in there, but it's a fair assessment. I think Stephen O'Donnell's a fantastic captain, and you know he's led his, his team to the, the third title in a row. Daryl Horgan's, I think everybody's player of the year. So Sean McGuire, I think could have been not sacrificed, but if he's going to get young player of the year anyway, you could have given a nomination to someone else. Yeah, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Cork and Dundalk covered the player of the year. They've also covered the, the team of the year as well, which is the only player. Outside of Cork and Dundalk, sorry, is Jared Doherty. Undoubtedly the best goalkeeper in the league. It's, I've said it before many a time in the podcast, I, I can't see why Jared Doherty isn't getting the call into Northern Ireland squad. He's been great all season, a fantastic number of clean sheets throughout the season. And people may argue that he's got maybe not as strong a back four as what the top two teams in the league have particularly considering our back four has been very inconsistent due to injuries yeah a, a fantastic amount of clean sheets this season actually only Cork and Dundalk have more clean sheets than us but you can you can argue then of course that Dundalk have a massive squad and they have been a less consistent back four but Jared Doherty's been there all season uh, with a different back four doesn't seem to worry him he's a fantastic goalkeeper he's, he's a great asset to the club and he's, he's uh, signed up for an all-season thank God so fully deserving of being the team of the year um, I was surprised as some other Derry City fans are that Nicholas Femeland hasn't made it in at right back and possibly Rory Patterson on there as well being up near the top scorers in the league at the end of the season you know if, possibly if they had a, announced another 6 or 7 as a Sort of a makeshift subs bench of for team the year they might have made it in, but I well, suppose we'll chat about the first division for a, a while as well. We never usually do, but uh, Drogheda and Cove were playing off in the promotion playoff. Drogheda they uh, beat UCD in the last game of the season, and they're now playing Cove Ramblers. It's either going to be uh, Wexford Youths or Harps, I think, is the uh, the final of the playoff as well as. Chances are it's going to be Wexford Youths. Hopefully, it's going to be a tough one whether you want Drogheda or Cove Ramblers up. It's it's just uh, there's not much to choose from there, is it? I think everybody knows my answer on that one. <laughs> we'll move on then. Sunday, which is going to be a deciding factor of the league. Uh, Dundalk are playing Bows. That's live in RT2 as well. I think if, if they won, they, they could uh, lift the league trophy on Sunday night. Fair play to them. They've had another fantastic season. When you look at going to go through this week's fixtures in a minute, but when you look at the amount of games that they have and they're all crammed in, they're, they're playing another Sunday, Tuesday fixtures again. Uh, like it up with the semi-final there so you know, they're still winning these these games they only slip up there against Lego. don't forget too they're playing Zenit St. Petersburg also on uh, Thursday night exactly it's um, it's just a hectic schedule the predictions this week I, I got uh, more than one right you did and out of all the other people who had got in contact with predictions DCFC Life Updates got one correct. I think it may have been the Bray Wanderers game, but yes, you have come out on top. Yeah, I always do, you see. That's why I'm in the studio. The ones that I did get right, Bray Wanderers uh, hosted some pats this week. I predicted 2-1 the Bray, just because they're in a good run of form, and it was 2-1 the Bray, so great shout there by myself. Cork City hosted Fan Harps as well, and I predicted a 2-0-1 for Cork City, and it was. 
So uh, that, that's where it goes downhill then, because the rest of them wrong. Wexford just in Galway, if anybody predicted the right score there, I'll give you £20. I'm, I'm sure you would have got more off the bookies, but that's all I've got. I've predicted 2-1 to Galway. It's finished 5-4 to Wexford Youth. I've seen the highlights as well, and it was the craziest game. Uh, Wexford were flying, and Galway pulled four goals back. They must have had unbelievable belief that they were going to at least get an equaliser near the end. A 5-5 game would have been unreal, but I'm sure if you were at the game as a neutral, it would have been fantastic, but uh, not as Wexford just ran. <laughs> if you've seen uh, Galway pulling four goals back in the second half. So this week, I'm going to try and get at least two right this week. We get Wexford Juths are hosting Fun Harps. I've gone for 2-1 to Wexford Juths. Cork City then uh, against some Pats. I'm going to go 2-0 Cork. Derry City and Sligo. I've gone for 2-1 to Derry City. Galway United and Longford then, I think, with Longford relegated. Uh, and nothing to play for and Galway being a very good side I've gone 3-0 Galway Shamrock Rovers then are playing Bray Wanderers I've gone for one each Dundalk and Bohemians is on, on Sunday it's definitely a, a, a Dundalk one I've written down I said they're going to be 3 two, or 3-0 or 2-0 uh, hurry up and decide which one you're going to go for here I'm going to go for uh, a 3-0 Cork City and Wexford I've put down a 3-1 to Cork City and on Tuesday putting it down for a 2-1 to Dundalk thanks for taking us around the league it's Match Night Live on Drive 105 105 105 105. join the Match Night Live team every week as we travel up and down the country following Derry City with the home games and then Harry Martin he make it 2-0 a beautiful cross on the left foot Really, Patterson, this thing gets away from his man. Patterson! Drives it under the top corner at last. And that's Derry City 4, long for 2-0. And the away games. Wants to play down the hump. It's played on the key court. Should be 5-0. It is 5-0 to Derry City. What a goal by Derry City. Really it's absolutely fantastic. Really Monham plays a beautiful three ball here. Patterson, Patterson with a shot. Off the post from Roy Patterson. Take it to go! Go, Derry City, you're back in this! Oh, my God! All the ups. Tries to get his head up, tries to float on the boil. Boyle gets a yard of room, can he finish it? Boyle stretch and Boyle puts it across, must be. Oh, yeah! Oh, yes, Danny City, 2 1 up! And Downs. Speed work there, but it's McMullen. McMullen with a left shot. Oh, what a goal! Pick of the evening. McMullen just done a 180 degrees to get away from the tension of Bomellon. And he shifted onto his right foot and drove it under the top corner. Derry City now. That's Match Night Live on Drive 105. Catch the highlights at hashtag CTID. Match Night Live. By the fans. For the fans. If you can't make the Brandywell Stadium on Friday night, uh, don't forget you can listen to the game. That's just going to be broadcasted by our contributing donors, Drive 105 on Match Night Live, Friday night, 7.30 on 105.3 FM locally and online. Either go to the website, www.drive105.co.uk. Just go straight to uh, TuneIn Radio, where you can find out. Make sure you search for Drive FM, not Drive 105, Drive FM, and you'll be able to listen. And Radio Foil are also doing the commentary for the game too, and 93.1 FM locally. But to be honest with you, Andrew, considering the season that Derry City have had, I think it would probably be better if the people of the community of Derry, whether they're 
a lap supporter or someone who's just gone casually throughout the, the season should go to Brandywell Stadium and give the players the lap of honour they deserve. And it is being marketed at this moment in time as the last game in Brandywell Stadium on grass too. So you've seen a bit of history too if that actually does happen. The amount of people I've spoken to that went to some of the more high-profile games there recently, there's the semi-final and that, that are saying to me, you know, I would go back, you know. And uh, why don't they? See, this is the thing. So you, I was chatting with somebody today who was talking about the man there at Liverpool match the other day and, and how awful a match it was. And they were saying, you know, I didn't go to the Brandywell, but I watched the Derry Dundalk game on TV and it was a far better game. And you think, well, where didn't you go? <laughs> Well, it's, it doesn't make sense and you know there's times as well I've sat on Saturday afternoon and watched League 1 or League 2 football on Sky and thought the standard here is atrocious you know it's, and people are watching this and I'm betting on it and following it and everything and you're kind of going you know I'm, I'm watching a lot better every Friday night if only you would believe me and come along so. you're really looking forward to the last game of the season well in Brandywell it is it's, it's going to be fantastic I suppose I, I don't have any more programmes to do after this as well so which is uh, another bonus for me and I'm off all weekend hopefully the last game in the Brandywell anyway and, uh, as is the final whistle as well with the, the lap of honour the players can round I think it's going to be a fantastic occasion with securing Europe and hopefully securing third place I think the players deserve for every fan to stay in after the final whistle on Friday night We've got some bad news about the under 17s Yeah, they've been knocked out of the National League Shield by Monaghan Cavan FP They actually beat Monaghan Cavan at, at earlier on the season so it's, it's a bit of a shock result but at 3-2 they were beaten by uh, in, in Gorda Keegan but they'll be very disappointed obviously but you know, there's, there's a lot more to come from that under 17s team and I'm sure they're capable of it Again, Andrew and I would like to thank Orla for coming down to the Drive 105. We're actually in the studio for a nice change. Strange, to say the least. And we'd like to thank all of you for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on social media. It's at CTID Podcast on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. If you're not following us already on SoundCloud and you have an account, feel free to do so now. If you do follow us on SoundCloud.com, just look for us at CTID Supporters Podcast DC. The moment that every podcast is uploaded, you'll get a notification and you won't have to go looking for it via the website. Don't forget to, if you're on iTunes, you can subscribe to this there. Just look for hashtag CTID Supporters Podcast. And the same thing again, the podcast will automatically go to the device of your choice and you'll be able to listen to it instantly. Next week, we will be reviewing the Cycle Rovers game and looking ahead to the last game of the season against St. Patrick's Athletic. So until then, this is me and Andrew saying, City till I die.